Hello to today's podcast from Mark and Mark on pharmaceutical contamination monitoring. Today we look at surrounding support environments for septic fill lines. I am Mark with 25 years of experience in septic fill finish equipment and I'm together with. Hello, I'm Mark with 25 years of delivering solutions for contamination monitoring. Welcome back, Mark. Want to say it quick because it's just happened. Uh, you survived the hurricane. It just past your house. So I'm happy yep. you, you made it back. We did. We are one of the lucky ones in Florida. It um, it was it was close, but um, downtown St. Augustine obviously got their annual deluge of floodwaters, but they're used to it, have been for a good few hundred years. That's good to hear. So, all right. So today we talk about uh, surrounding support environments for septic fill lines. Mm. Um, we basically have two fill lines uh, or two different types of fill lines. We have isolators and wrap systems. On the isolator, we have a room C environment and uh, ISO 7 that translate to. And we have filling lines which go into ISO 6. And uh, we have fully gowned people surrounding that machine. So we see two fundamental different ways of monitoring the filling line. Let's start with the isolator because it's pretty easy, I think. Uh, in the isolator environment, we think that we don't open a door during production. We have it closed. We set up everything. The format change is done. And uh, we basically do H2O2 in the beginning of the batch and uh, ready to go and don't open the door. So what do we have to do surrounding this machine? And that's it. Once it's clean in place and sterile in place, so long as those doors aren't opened, you're not really exposing the the high risk area, that grade A area to any significant contamination, only that that might be generated from within Tyvek overwraps or interventions where gloves are, might disturb some settled or sedimented particles. So in the background, you can, you're can you able to typically use a grade C. So I know you call them an ISO 7, but, you know, grade C background areas, much lower requirement for gowning, much lower requirement for monitoring. And that's both personnel monitoring because they, they're not making that line intervention, but also the general environment is, is a lower grade and therefore presents a lower risk. And therefore, the amount of monitoring that you can do is also reduced. So possibly daily using a portable at locations that have been identified via risk assessment. And that um, that should pretty much do it. You know, and even daily, one could argue, is is probably pretty sporty. But that would be where I would like to start, just to ensure that should anything untoward happen, you've got that traceability of data that demonstrates cleanliness from one day to the next. So how about, I think most of the times you have a, a, a washing machine or rinsing machine uh, right in the same room with the filling machine. We always talk about the filling machine, but it's, uh, you tell me, I think I've seen several installations where the rinsing machine is directly connected to the sterilizing tunnel and then the sterilizing tunnel is connected to the filling machine and they all sit in a ISO yep. 7 room, right? Um, not always, Mark. A lot of the time. So you'll have the washing machine, the rinsing machine, as you say, that is fed. And that's typically in a grade D area because it's it's really, you know, any contamination here being loaded onto the onto the carousel for feeding into the, the into the washer, um, C or D, 
you know, again, any depyrogenation will happen in the sterilizing tunnel, in the depyrogen tunnel. Any collective mass of particulates will be washed using the clean washing system. So what tends to happen is that the, that glassware is loaded in a grade D, low risk, grade C, low risk, which is once per week monitoring at best at this case. And it's then fed into the sterilizer tunnel via, you know, essentially a sealed port. It goes from one into the other, makes the conveyor of the depyrogen tunnel, goes through the hot zone, which essentially, you know, depyrogenates any particles that are in there. Anything viable is now no longer viable. And then through the cooling zone and into the grade A. So the depyrogen tunnel itself is considered a grade A core because it is HEPA filtered. And again, like an isolator, has no operator interaction and it's fed directly from the washing machine. So that's a little bit of an odd one is like, where's the ABC boundary within the washer feeding the sterilizer tunnel? And it kind of happens in that loading space that's still under ISO 5 air shower but is now considered this transitionary phase within the RABS kind of environments. Uh, and again, we, we're talking about RABS where, you know, that can be glove accessed RABS or it can be open fill where the doors have to be open to be able to manipulate certain activities within. And that's where the risks really do start. Before we go to the RABS, um, you said Grade A air shower. Maybe we can finish after mm. the filling line, after the stoppering, where we are not in the typical ISO 5 area anymore. We're crimping now. And in the crimping, we talk about the grade A air shower. That's the exact word I think you're right. Yeah. And there, typically, you see only monitoring and, and no bi active viable anymore, right? Yeah. So this is um, where how you call things really does affect the overall monitoring requirements. So if I say grade A, that now has implications for asepsis, you know, how I gown, how I glove, how I sanitize the chemicals I can use. Whereas if I talk about a grade A quality or ISO 5 quality air shower, that just means that the air coming from the filters meets ISO 5 requirements, i.e. less than 3,520 particles at 0.5 microns. So as soon as I start to say this is a grade A zone, everything else that goes along with grade A comes into play. If I say this is an ISO 5 zone within a grade B environment, now I'm allowed to use my grade B gowning, my grade B SOPs, but being aware of a slightly higher risk to contamination by the environment, I'm now blowing filtered air directly over the process, such Would as crimping. You know, as you said, it's we know it's going to be dirty, but ideally it should be sealed by now, if, if not fully seated. So the risks are, are much lower. So if we have a fully seated uh, stopper and you have a camera or something proving this, that uh, the stopper is fully seated, can you call this a grade C area with a shower? That was a question posed a good few years ago at a PDA conference in Switzerland about what constitutes fully seated. And, and I believe at the time it was 
providing there was a mechanical seating of the stopper. So you're not reliant singularly on the vacuum pulling the stopper closed. You are reliant on a mechanical seating of the stopper. So in my book, I've always seen that as the crimping machine. Now, if you don't do that and have a body of evidence demonstrating that your system meets compliance, then that's between you and your inspector. And I, and I don't see why you couldn't, Mark, you know, have uh, evidence that demonstrates that a stopper is fully seated and therefore not subject to the grade A conditions or the ISO 5 conditions prior to the mechanical seat. But I've always took the path of the most conservative route, and that's to consider it open until mechanically seated. Yeah, and I guess this is in more detail. We have to look into more different things here. So back to the wraps. On the wraps, you mentioned there's two different ways. There's an open wrap. Both are open wraps at the end because they blow out air into the room. But one allows you to open a door and the other one is like mechanically closed and you are not allowed to open a door until you get there. You lock in, you say, I want to open the door and then you can open the door, but you cannot routinely open the door. But it, this used to be the big advantage over the wraps over the isolator because you can open the door versus not being able to ever open the door. And that's, and, um, and that's because of the grade B background. Now, I know you called it an ISO 6 earlier, but grade B is effectively ISO 5 at rest and ISO 7 when the operators are around. Now, the, the biggest source of contamination in a clean room, as everybody knows, is the operator biggest source of particles, biggest source of microbial. And so by controlling the environment that they're standing in, you can demonstrate a control over the risk that might be carried forward into the filling area, into the grade A zone. So that's where the monitoring in those background, in the immediate surrounding grade B. And for me, there's two grade Bs. There's an immediate surrounding, that that surrounds the core grade A, and then there's grade B change rooms, grade B interlocks, grade B corridors, which have a much lower impact on the risk to finished product. But where That's- you have operators stationary or making slight movements immediately surrounding a grade A, that is as high a risk as you're likely to see because the whole operator isn't going to climb inside the whole of the grade A unless something odd happens. So it's there the source they're the source of contamination you're trying to maintain and monitor and unless your sop says take one step forward half a meter at 2 meters per second take a step forward at half a meter your left leg passes right leg at 2 meters per second to a distance of half a meter unless you can control their activities the best thing you can do in a standard risk assessment is to measure the impact and the only way of doing measuring the impact of your biggest source of contamination is to monitor continuously. So we've got continuous monitoring in the grade A as required by GMP, and we have continuous monitoring in the immediate surrounding grade B because that's the location of your biggest source of contamination and how they move and where they move to and how they scratch their arm or their elbow is completely random. And so you don't know what they will do from one moment to the next, but you can monitor it. 
you can gauge the impact. And that's from a risk assessment perspective is some of the things that we're looking for. How many people are in a clean room? Where do they stand? What's their interaction, especially with open fillers? And then allocate the continuous monitoring relative to that risk. And again, the, the personnel monitoring is much more prevalent for grade B than it is for grade C. So you're qualifying your personnel for gowning and then doing an, an enhanced testing program to make sure that they're not you know, contributing significantly or over-contributing to the contamination in the room. All right. So you were now talking about the uh, wraps where you can open the door to do routine interventions. Nowadays, most of the wraps, I think the new build wraps, they don't allow to open the doors anymore mm -hmm. without a big rationale, let's say a crash or something. So let's say everything happens normal. You set up your wraps, the format parts are in there and you start uh, using the machine. All your agar plates are in there or whatever else you bring, you yep. bring through an RTP port. Do I still need the continuous monitoring around the machine because of eventually open a door? Absolutely. Because again, it's an open process. We can differentiate between closed isolator processes and open processes where there are the risks are different. And because you've surrounded that open area with a grade B, you're already reflecting that there is a difference, that there is a higher risk. And, and because of that, Again, the gowning changes and continuously monitor those background areas. Okay. So for me, again, it, it's a conservative route, but the alternative would be to go in there with a frequency that demonstrates control. And that's the hard part is determining whether or not that's once per hour or once per shift or once per, whereas continuous monitoring absolutely meets that requirement. It's one or two additional sensors to what you've already invested in for the filling line, and it's very complementary data. So you would do the continuous monitoring around the high-risk area where you have open vials until they are stoppered maybe, and then the rest of it at the end of the line you do with mobile units on a Correct. normal frequency? Yeah, yeah, there's no point in, you know, I mean, there are companies that will put continuous samplers everywhere, and that's in a cost-saving perspective where personnel are hard to find and they're expensive. Getting qualified staff is difficult. And in those instances, we've installed continuous systems in the grade B, the grade C and the grade D, where you need many fewer sampling points. You know, in a grade B, you might have two sample points in a, you know, 100 square meter room. In a thousand square meter packaging hall, you might have one because mm. the, the air is being circulated much slower And therefore, the contamination tends to build to a much more even layer level and the number of sample points that you need. And it could save a visit per day by an operator that is now able and is freed up to go and do data analysis or something else. Yeah. So it's not just uh, how quickly should I monitor it, it's what's the cost of monitoring in association with the risk. 
maybe the last thing to look at is what do you do around the filling line? Uh, for example, some people bringing a sterile tank, they have to do a sterile connection. Maybe the way how they make that sterile connection has to be uh, inside the filling line even because it has to be monitored and it has to be in class A because it's an open sterile connection. Then you have to add maybe a filter to the product tank where the tank might be open for a second or so. So those are all special things you have to think about around they the are. machine. And, and they, they, they all, you know, come into the risk assessment, Mark. And, and you know, the key there was a sterile connection. Well, <laughs> that means that the risk is very high because you're trying to make this aseptically clean as possible. So it's very difficult to say singularly, here's how you do it. But um, a risk assessment definitely points you in the right direction for where those risks might be. Mark, I think that's enough for today. Thank you very much for being with us. You're more than welcome. Uh, always happy to talk, Mark. I hope you don't have too much cleanup work to do after the hurricane. And for everyone else, if you have any question, you can reach out to your local salesperson. Send us an email at info at pmeasuring.com or visit our website. There's a knowledge center in pmeasuring.com where lots of this uh, knowledge is broadcasted in any different way. Thank you, Mark. Goodbye. Bye-bye.